Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, it's Thursday, which means I am joined by JP Mason. On my clock, JP, it says 12.30, so please don't accuse us of being late. It was definitely 12.30 when it came up as live. Thanks everybody for getting in, uh, involved in the comment section already. We'll be getting you involved in the chat. Anything at all you want to bring up regarding the victory against Rangers, the upcoming game against St Johnston. Uh, you might have watched us all week. And by the way, I make absolutely... Um, no apologies for still talking about the victory on Sunday, particularly when GP Mason hasn't had an opportunity to talk about it. We'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about that sport in Lisbon, Jersey, the programme over your shoulder, um, how you and I were under the same roof together in the same building on Friday night 
and what that entailed and what you were up to last night as well, JP. Loads to discuss. Um, interestingly enough, I was reading uh, the reports this morning about Buffon bigging up Joe Hart. Uh, let's start with Joe Hart. He was at the centre of controversy, uh, not of his making, JP. Um, you were watching the game uh, in Glasgow, I believe. What was your thoughts when all that was unfolding? Uh, just trying to figure out what it was that was on the park because obviously I was in the Kerrydale suite and you couldn't really hear the commentary, you couldn't hear what they were saying, so they were just they were zooming in on an object on the ground. Mm. And I was with my mate, my mate Cameron, and we were like, "Can he? Can he be glass? Surely that's not glass." And well, one, how is it smashed? Like, how has people actually thrown broken glass onto the park, or has it smashed off the crossbar or the post or something? Yeah. Uh, but then I phoned my pal and uh, she was just like, it's glass. And I, I was kind of like, what? I stand at the bar about to get served going, surely that can't be right. And then I look back and you saw, well, you could see the shard sticking up and you're just like, this is, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I mean, like you said, I think yesterday, maybe, have you ever known of that happening in the past? And you said, oh, has it happened in another ground? You remember it did happen at Easter Road, but it was a, it was a kind of weak, wimp throw of a half ball of Buckfast at James Tavernier, which mm. obviously should not be happening. But, you know, the, the way that it was thrown and everything else was was clearly not going to injure him. But by no means am I condoning it either. But to see smashed glass in the penalty box of a, of a, of a game, a showpiece game, uh, and, and this broadcast all around the world is, is really, really embarrassing for all concerned. And, you know, there was the token sort of condemnation at the end of the sports scene broadcast mm. I watched last night. I finally caught up with it. They didn't really even talk about it. It wasn't discussed with the pundits. It was just sort of Stephen Thompson paying lip service to the fact that it happened at the end where I think it should have been given a lot more a lot more condemnation than that because people need to know that, that they can't do that. I mean, I, I've seen people... Many people smuggle half bottles or whatever into the ground. You hear them clinking all the time at half time when they've been sculled. Um, I mean, up until now, I've been like, oh, whatever, you know, someone's brought some drink in and, and drank it. But the idea now that that could be th- thought that that's a thing that can happen, like, or mm. you, can, you can throw that on the park and there's no repercussions. There should be massive repercussions for this. And I'm not just saying if it was, if it was us, it was at Celtic Park. I'd be saying the same thing. There needs to be some sort of punishment because uh, can it happen? No, you're right, and and you would be disgusted. It's not about pointing a finger, JP. Um, and and by the way, I've got to say, yesterday when I was talking to Colin Watt about the incident, that particular example that you gave there at Easter Road, I had completely forgotten about that. So yeah, it has happened in another ground and it wasn't the Rangers fans on that occasion who did it. Um, I just think online, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even check because I don't comment on it if, if it was genuine or not, but there was a thread going on about how Joe Hart had smuggled it in. And then there's then wow. there's the scene from the Sean Shank Redemption where he's, he's walking around the yard dropping all the little pebbles at his bottom of his shorts. It's brilliant. Uh, the cracks on times is great but I think when when I look at it and I look at the, the scenario and what then ensued um, we make no apologies for still talking about it on the Thursday because I haven't seen any real condemnation I've seen the football club coming out and saying that um, you know they're going to identify the individual who threw the bottle 
Obviously, there's been two incidents. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's been spoken about enough. I don't think we can speak about it enough. And I hope our club comes out very, very strongly and, and takes action. Now, what action can we take? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure that uh, there'll be some form of punishment for not giving them tickets, but I think that's the only way to go. People disagree with that, JP, and that's fine. But we've got to guarantee the safety of our players and staff. Well, apparently Joe Hart wanted to take the, the team off the pitch. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, that's what, that's what he was running over to say to the manager. Uh, yeah, he said that if this was England, we'd, we'd be off the park, you know. Um, but then to find out as well that one of our members' staff was hit, hit with a ball. I mean, that it, it's honestly astounding that that happened. It's just, you can't can't legislate for things like that happening, you know, and I know they'll say, oh, it was one individual or two individuals, but it's a mentality and it's mm. a, it's a, it's a thing that's creeping in that when these things keep in and they don't get dealt with, you know, it's like people running on the park. Yeah. Like people running on the park. I mean, I was at a Green and Morton game a few weeks ago and they had almost a full scale pitch invasion, which, you know, was slightly amusing given the stadium and the, the actual significance of what was going on, they'd, they'd scored an equaliser against Partick Thistle. It, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it was, <laughs> it was the final of the European Cup or anything like that. Um, so, but, but in all seriousness, players getting, uh, fans getting on the pitch is, 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 a, is far too commonplace. And it now has become like a thing where folk think, oh, well, you know, I'll just run on the park, run up to a player and, you know, I, 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 you know, I mean, even if it's completely innocent, you know, the whole selfie thing, you know, with Joe Hart or whatever or that, yeah. I just don't think, you know, people should know that they shouldn't be breaching that, you know, divide. You know, you don't cross up the cross line onto the pitch. Likewise, you don't throw a glass bottle at a human being, no matter whether they're wearing a Celtic tracksuit or not. You know, it's just, you know, you, you, need, you need to sort of draw lines here to be, be able to say, no, that's not acceptable. You're right, because if you don't, then it normalises the behaviour. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, then, you know, the behaviour can become even more and more severe. And I think that's already happened. So someone runs on the park and and goes for Scott Brown. Um, Lee Griffiths is held back by the ref. Nothing happens, right? Um, Lee Griffiths picks up a battery and there's pictures of him with this big battery, you know, in in his hand. I th- again, you might be able to remember the detail, but you know the half bottle of bucket at the corner flag where Lee Griffiths was, was actually booked? Was that against Linfield, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if it's not dealt with, it becomes not, and then it becomes worse, and then the actions become more severe and, and more serious. Um, I mean, brilliant, fair play on, on Joe Hart, but you know what I would say before we move on to all our other discussion topics is that... You've got to look at the responsibility aspect of it, JP. So you've got the football club whose stadium it is. You've got a security company who employs the the staff, the stewards within that stadium. Who's responsible for that company? Um, who is responsible for the security company? And where does the responsibility lie? Well, it's obviously the football club, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then, again, I said this yesterday, identifying these people won't be difficult. And if it is, then there's an issue because... Everybody's covered at some point, either with um, observations, human observations, or CCTV. Mm. So everybody's covered it, you know, within a stadium. So no, I'm not having that. Um, you can't identify the culprits, and hopefully, our club will stand up to it as well. Um, on the topic of Joe Hart, though, you know, we we just can't overlook his importance this season. I mean, we're going to go on about this 
incredible season that we're having. And that programme over your right shoulder, I mean, that that's quite a good starting point, actually, um, because it looks as though the impossible may be possible. That's what I would say. It's not wrapped up, but it is now possible for us to go on and win this league. JP, and when I look back on the season, and there's been a lot of revisionism about um, when people say I was always behind Ange or Axel were always against Ange and it wasn't quite like that. I mean, come on. It's all out there for everybody to go back and watch. But there is definitely a point in the season where you think, right, I've got belief that Ange Postacoglu can do this. At what point during the season did you have that moment, JP? Boxing Day. Right. I probably had it before then, but Boxing Day was the one where we were absolutely depleted. Mm -hmm. We were just about to get to the the finishing, well, not the finishing line, the, the halfway point and, and sort of go for that break. And we managed to dig out a result quite comfortably at St Johnston with, you know, having to bring off Joey Dawson off yeah. the bench. And, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd only drawn at St Mirren and that was looking like it was going to damage us. And that night, you know, there was a lot of rejoicing at the other side of the city at the fact that we'd, you know, dropped points against lowly St Mirren. Ergo, it was over you know, put the ribbons on the trophy, etc. That was the narrative that was being pointed out. I, I saw it all, I've read it all. It's been screenshotted and replayed in the last few days. People making absolute fools of themselves with hubris on Twitter, which you never, it's never a good idea to, to go in two-footed on Twitter because it'll come back to haunt you and certain official media partner has come back to haunt him in a massive, massive way. And, you know, no sympathy, no sympathy for the devil. Um, so <laughs> there'll uh, be there'll be further musical references later on in the show. I no, I mean absolutely none. Uh, but the yeah, the, I think the, the boxing day game was like, well, we've 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 won this. That the Johns, everyone was saying, oh, it's a terrible pitch and this that, and the next thing. But it was the fact that that was a culmination of us seeing through that period where we were really, really badly hit with injuries. Um, Covid, everything else, but we, 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 you know, we got through it, and that was the, that was the thing for me to think that we're. Can Kev Graham had said, as long as we're still in touching distance by the, by the time January comes, and we were, we were, we, we were in a position where we knew that we had a game coming up against them. That if we could beat them, regardless of whether they were dropping points or not, we would we would be close to them. And then obviously we got to the point against them just a week before, whereby we could over overtake them with that with that game and that three points. So that was I think that was the point. There was many points. The European games were, were obviously good indications of where we were going and what we could potentially do. You know, when the chips are down, mm. um, and and when we, we but we did it domestically, and that was the thing that we couldn't do last season. We weren't. You know, we were we were all over the place last season, not not winning the games that were that were there to be won, bread and butter stuff, and and here we are, here we are, here we are now. That's an interesting game to choose then, because most people are saying things like the Aberdeen game, two one away. You know, there was a feeling after that that we had got a result that seemed unlikely. We were hearing all the the nonsense that was getting thrown about. Ange is out on Monday and all this kind of stuff. Remember, you know, all these rumours flying about. And the St Johnston game, as you say, was preceded by that night at um, St Mirren, where we've drawn nothing each. We've been unable to break down um, a, a very resolute St Mirren defence. 
And after that game, we're six points behind Rangers. JP, you know, you go back to that and, you know, it was 80-odd percent possession, 30 shots on goal that night against St Mirren. We couldn't score. Um, and we started off, and I always say this, we started off because we were so light with a badder through the middle, um, Moffat out right, Johnston out left. And you look at the, the front line we've got at the moment, even without Kyogo, and how effective it is. And, you know, we just couldn't break that, that side down. And at that, on that particular night, I was pretty despondent. I was pretty disappointed. But again, if you were to look at the, the post-match, because I covered the game, you know, at no point we were saying Ange out or any of that kind of stuff. As you say, we then grind out that result against St Johnston. Joey Dawson, you know, I think he played for about 60 minutes that night, you know, uh, that day, sorry. And you're then thinking, right, that's going to get us into the January. That's going to get us into the, the, the area where Ange can tinker with things a wee bit. And that's been pivotal. You know, the, the, the January transfer window's been absolutely massive for us. It was, the, it was like the one last one last push before the break. Mm-hmm. It was like, right, we, if we can get this over the line. Plus as well, remember, that was the, the game where there was 500 fans. So That's you were right. back to like a really weird, like horrible reminder of last season and mm-hmm. the whole, you know, lack of atmosphere and everything else. You know, I had a ticket for that game and then... All of a sudden, you couldn't go because they there's just the, the the numbers that could attend games. So I've got a ticket sitting in my wallet. I'm sitting in my uncle's living room in Aberdeen, watching it on my phone, really really nervous. Going, you know, I, I always start to get you know superstitious about things like, oh, I've got I've got a ticket for this game and I can't go. We're going to get beat, you know, or we're going to draw or something like that. And <clears throat> it was just there was a whole load of things flying through my head. So when we scored that first goal, I can't remember who scored the first goal actually. Was it? Was it Abada? Was it Abada or Jota? No, it wasn't Jota because he was out. I'm going to agree. say Abada from memory uh, before I check it. I'm yeah, going to have to get the grey matter walking. He got scored later on as well, didn't he? Where he got a tidy finish into the bottom corner. I remember that. But yeah, that was the one because you were just you just you, the rumours were already in place at that point about the three Japanese players coming in, which felt like the cavalry coming in when we needed it, mm-hmm. um, and to be there almost straight away. Um, you know, and there was no kind of last minute, you know, signing things. So there was all all roads were pointing to that there was going to be something, uh, you know, good happening in January uh, in terms of embedding players into the system and everything else. And yeah, I, I think that that was that was a, a huge turning point. Obviously, Aberdeen put away is always a good indication of where you're at, and you go through the years and watch highlights of wins at Petodje. There's always jubilant celebrations, whether or not that's the amount of booze that's been consumed in the way there, <laughs> you know. But um, but there's always like you know the fans are always there and they're, they're still singing. I've been there. I remember being there when Eddie uh, Agat scored at Petodre, and then we just stayed there singing, "We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league." And Martin O'Neill brought the players back out, and everybody was just standing applauding the fans because it was it was there for. For ages, it was it was amazing. It may have been the Neil's first season. I can't mm. remember. It's mm. twenty years ago <laughs> for for the encore. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're talking about 20 years ago. The reason I brought up the St Mirren game mm. is there is a there is a, a link to that program over your shoulder yes. there. So yes. tell us a wee bit about that because I was I, I mean I should have known. But when you tell me how long ago that game was, I can remember this vividly. Yeah, I mean Tommy Johnson. The unlikely goal-scoring hero that day, where we couldn't seem to score. 
I don't know if the keeper was playing well or whatever. I, that, that was the season that I went to every Scottish game, home and away, league and cup and league. You know, um, a, a rare purchase of a program. I, I, I kind of stopped buying programs by that point because it was it was just getting ridiculous. I had far too many, but um, I'm, I don't know if I bought the program that day because of the significance. Maybe bought it on the way out. You know, the fact that we'd won the league, but. To, be, to win the league that day, so April 7th, 2001, to win the league at home that day, you know, given the, given the previous season, you know, I mean, I... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I'd been in France, so I'd missed the end of that season. I'd missed the, sort of those last three months. So those those three months of Dalgleish or four months of Dalgleish are kind of like a black hole in my memory because I don't, I didn't. I don't think I've really seen. The only time I've seen highlights really is Lil Z on Twitter posting highlights footage of like Mark Virtual scoring and stuff like that. And yeah. that time, I'm like, I've never seen those goals. So that whole period of as we played out that season to you know a, a, a limp finish because we were so far away from from Rangers. Um, so to then see the rejuvenation under Martin O'Neill. Uh, the following year and for him to do it so quickly I mean just think about that he took a side that was 21 points behind Rangers and won the league on this day <laughs> uh, so it wasn't even a case of like you know um, you know we're, we're in a good position we actually won the league mm. today <laughs> and so to think of that happening now with Ange Postacoglu is wild I know there's no way that it's happened yet but we're in a really really strong position and you know uh, I, I don't think any of us could have foresaw this this happening uh, so soon. No, I think you're right, and and the reason it's so important that you brought that program, and this is obviously just by sheer chance. I was watching the um, or, or reading rather the comments this morning by Paul Lambert, who was referring back to the Vim Janssen season, and he was comparing this season to that. And I've seen it. I've heard the comparison made a few times, but I'm more looking at the O'Neill season that you're referring to because of the swing, the points difference. You know, it was 21 points back then, wasn't it? Rangers had won the league by 21 points. Celtic were a shambles. Um, and by the way, I take on board the fact that it was a better Rangers side back then than it is now. They were a very strong side back then, spending a lot of, lot of money. A lot of money, I'm not sure whose money, but they were spending a lot of money. And 21 years on, we come into this season, 25 points we lost the league by. The club's a shambles. We bring someone in. We're looking for results straight away. Uh, of course, O'Neill went on to win the treble that year, but I, I, I see far more comparisons with that season than I do with the Vim Janssen season, JP. And again, I remember that game vividly. Um, I remember going back to uh, the Eastport Bar in Dunfermline afterwards uh, with a few other Celtic fans who lived in the area. Jason Turner, Murray Wright, if you're watching, um, from Dalgetty Bay, and Gary Fitzpatrick, who was the local scribe for the Dunfermline Press, big Celtic fan. I remember him being ejected out of the pub for singing. And that, that was what I remember, just as a jubilation and all the Pars fans who were at the game. Don't know what happened to them that day. They weren't happy that we were enjoying ourselves. But you, there you go. You see the thing on 
somebody posted on a, a, cause I put a picture of that program up uh, a couple of hours ago, and somebody replied and said, uh, all the players went out to celebrate, but uh, Martin, uh, sorry, Neil Lennon and Tommy Johnson came down to a, a CSC uh, and, and instead of going out with the, with the players, and they must have had a prior commitment, you know, back in the day when that sort of thing used to happen. That was that was a yeah. thing. That was a, yeah. Am I remembering correctly, because I will be covering that season when we're doing, obviously we're working through the Celtic retro collection on the channel. Um, I was going to do one every single week, JP, but loads of other stuff's come in and we're, we're working our way through it. But we will cover that season because I think it was a double video that was released. But Tommy Johnston, yeah. he scuffs it, doesn't he? Does he not kick it with his studs? It was a poor finish. Yeah. And he turns in and celebrates like that. <laughs> and it, and just, it looks about and the whole place is going mental. It, it wasn't the emphatic win that I think everybody, I think everybody went into Celtic Park that day thinking we were going to do them four, five, six, you know, um, and, you know, the usual suspects would score. Tommy Johnson was the, the unlikely, the unlikely hero, but I always liked Tommy Johnson. I, I, I met him, and I might have mentioned this before, but I met him on a stadium tour when I was, on my 21st birthday, I went to the stadium to Celtic Park with my pal Sned, and we uh, we met Stillian Petrov whilst on the tour. And then the Sned had told the guy that was taking us on the tour that it was uh, my 21st. It was also Tom Boyd's birthday as well because he shares the same birthday as me. So he brought all, Tom Boyd came out and brought all the players out, and 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 I got to meet them all. And Brilliant. Tom Johnson, I'll never forget what he said. He went, "What you 21 today?" And I was like, yeah. And he, and he says, well, I'd, I'd be in the pub by now. <laughs> I was like <laughs> half 11 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Burns' last signing, of course, Tommy Johnson. Oh, yeah. You know, and I just think it was injuries because whenever you speak to people who were part of the teams that Tommy played and they speak so highly of him, I think he was really popular, wasn't he, as part of the squad. And he oh, was yeah. the kind of guy that organised nights out and all that kind of social stuff. Well, um, if you, you organised the... the the Thugs and Thieves night. Remember that infamous? Oh, yeah. Newcastle. Newcastle. Well, every chance then, eh? <laughs> uh, I, 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 was, I was so raging with that. I mean, that was around the same time that they, they basically printed a story. Was it the record? Or was it, I don't know who it was, but um, they basically printed a story saying that Martin O'Neill was going to Man United. It was done. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely signed and sealed. Uh, and I think maybe later on there was one about Larson as well. And they you know, they did get it right, but about four years later or five years later, Larson did go to Man United. But I mean, I, I don't think they can really lay claim to that as a, no. as a scoop. <laughs> no, but there was a few really shocking um, stories and headlines. I remember the, uh, obviously the hearse being sent up to Celtic Park, RIP Celtic. Yeah. Um, and I remember Fergus McCann being likened to Saddam Hussein. And that was uh, on one of the red top. Uh, incredible, absolutely shocking um, journalism back in the day. Hopefully we've moved on from that, you would hope. We'll get back to your um, sport in Lisbon jersey, by the way, JP. But I've seen some footage during the week of Neil Lennon speaking very fondly about the fact that Celtic had beaten Rangers and there was a few fans over for um, the game to watch him get his first win as the manager. Um and I must say, he looked kind of refreshed. JP, I don't know if you've seen the footage. He looks, he, he looks as though there's a weight off his shoulders. Well, no wonder. Not living in, in, in Glasgow and having to deal with the nonsense I'm sure he's had to deal with. Uh, like I said before, I, 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 I wish to play well. I don't want him to fail. I, you know, 
you know, he's done so much for Celtic, you know, prior to last season that, you know, you, you, you don't, I don't wish him any ill. Uh, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's I, I did see the way he was trying to speak, you know, it was when the, you know, he was trying to not, not put his accent into the conversation. So it was almost like he was speaking to somebody that just, I don't know, landed from the moon or something like that. But um, it, it was amusing, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I, uh, I I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure he enjoyed it as much as the rest of us. I'm, I'm sure he watched it, as did Fraser Forster as well. Apparently, did he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you make of the talking of ex players? What do you make of the Paddy Roberts story um, that came out? I think it was the Athletic that was talking about the fact he was offered to Ange. Ange did his usual due diligence, spoke to the player, didn't he fancy him? Yeah, I I mean. I mean, there's obviously a reason that Patrick Roberts, Patrick Roberts seems weird calling him that. Paddy Roberts hasn't, excuse me, done the business really on a on a consistent basis at other clubs. He obviously he got lucky on his on his loan spell, his first loan spell, I'd say, with us. Um, the second one wasn't as successful because of injury, was it? Um, but you know, I, it, I I'm never really one for going back, you know, like revisiting things with, mm. with players, uh, it very rarely works out. And despite the this sort of clamour to get him back, you know, it just feels like we've we've moved on in in every sense. And a hundred percent if Ange Postacoglu is getting the responsibility uh to, to sign players and it was his decision not to sign Pad- Paddy Roberts, then he's got a pretty good, you know, <laughs> Sort of benchmark now with, with the signs that he's brought in. So why would why wouldn't we think? Well, he's probably right then, isn't he? You know, it's 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 all about mentality and getting 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 decent people through the door, like decent human beings that that are going to respond to your methods and and just sort of be guys that you can trust out in the park, like they did on Sunday. I mean, every single player on Sunday was immense. You know, I don't think you could. You're you're dotting around that team trying to pick out man of the matches, and not because they've done anything remarkable like score a hat trick or anything like that. But you know, Jack Amakis, the effort. You know, there's something that uh, Postecoglou said in an interview on Sports Sound, which was really interesting. They called him up, they had him on the phone. Mm. Uh, Gordon had him on the Old phone. Old school. After. Yeah, love it, love that. You know, crackly line and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he was saying on that, he was like, "Doesn't he goes? That's a non-negotiable for me. It doesn't matter the number on your back, like whether you're a number seven or a number two or whatever. It's a non-negotiable for me is 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 work rate and effort." And they all gave him that, and it was so good to see because we needed it in that second half because you know Rangers were a break of the ball away for getting an equaliser probably, but they, they they weren't allowed to get the break of the ball because Celtic were so committed and focused mm. and. The, the the energy levels were mental, the concentration levels were mental. You know, I still maintain that when when Rangers scored that first goal, my initial reaction wasn't to be like, "Oh no, here we go, we're going to get gubbed." I was just thinking, "We've got far too many good players on that pitch to not do something in this game." They've got one goal, fair play. They've got a second. Maybe we just started to get a little bit concerned, but at one 0 which didn't last long anyway. The one 0 didn't last long, but um, yeah, there was just thought there was there was, there was too many too many players, and the, the, 
in that environment as well to cope in that environment you've got to think that even if they were playing inside the gates of hell they would have come up with a performance just to, to, to for the manager because they're mm-hmm. so so drilled into you know this is what we need to do we don't stop all of that so yeah it was I amazing. love that I love that it's non-negotiable and I think we're going to be talking about you know some of the tweaks that may be happening not just at the weekend but um, in the pre-season and I think that uh, any player who doesn't have that kind of attitude that uh, you know, no matter what, uh, if it's the 93rd minute, you will be chasing that ball into the corner flag, then you won't be at Celtic under Ange. Um, mm. I think there's a few players already out the door because of that, and there's probably a few others that might be following as well. Um, now, when I'm looking through some of these comments, it's absolutely tremendous that you keep coming back to watch the bulletins on a daily basis, and I've got to thank you. By the way, I've got to say, and you and Martin, who was on the show on Sunday, will back me up on this when Ramsey opened the score and I turned around and said just the exact same to, to Ewan I just said to him you know I'm not concerned we're going to win this you know I, I really did didn't have that concern and I know they came out the traps and all that JP you know at the beginning of the game but it lasted what four minutes so Edmund Byrne Hitate Maeda and Taylor should be rested as all looked exhausted I'm not surprised in Maeda's case or sporting muscle injuries Abada Ralston and Beaton brought in Edmund we will be talking about some of the tweaks that may or may not happen and by the way I agree with Michael McDonald who comes in and says that whatever happens we're going to be cool with it because you know you do trust the manager um, regardless of what kind of changes he makes uh, Matt Still on cloud nine, so mama, absolutely not getting carried away, but still on cloud nine, and it could be nine points that we go ahead uh, at the weekend if we beat St. Johnson. Jungle Lion, welcome back. Might see a few changes on Saturday. I get the feeling we might. Um, I don't know yet about the O'Reilly scenario with his fitness. I'm expecting, in fact, uh, Axel will be in the press conference tomorrow. We've been invited in tomorrow, so Colin Watt will be talking to Ange Postacoglu, and I'm sure someone will ask about the fitness of a few players, and Matt O'Reilly will be one of them. Uh, there was a few I thought who, because of the fact that they are willing to put themselves on the line, and Yakamakis is one of the prime examples of that. JP he gets some, he gets some abuse. I mean, he's kicked all over the park, but he puts himself in that position. He keeps coming back for more. Um, and yeah, absolutely, I've been critical of him in the past. I'm, I'm completely bought over. I love how he plays the game. I love what he brings to uh, the Celtic side. Um, it wouldn't surprise me though that there's maybe one or two players like him who might need a rest. Um, and I know that Ange previously says you'll get a rest in the summer. And I also know that uh, we're playing less games in Rangers because of the European situation there. However, um, there are other players that could come in and do a job. I mean, I thought Hitati looked a wee bit off it. Um, maybe if I watched the game back, I, you know, I, I would look at it differently. I thought he was a wee bit off it on, on the weekend. If I'm being really uh, picky about the performance, JP, do you think he might be rested? Uh, potentially, you've got Turnbull that could come in. For, for Hitate, I would have thought if, if Turnbull's ready to start a match, you know, best to start him at home rather than uh, rather than somewhere where you know it's a, a, a dodgy pitch or whatever. Um, so I I would say potentially, but I think Hitate might have. You don't you don't know how it'd be interesting to know the way that that atmosphere on Sunday affected each player. You know, yes. because, because some some players, you know, some. I don't think anybody could could fault their work rate, but your ability to express yourself might be a bit stifled in that. You know, it's all very well running about and chasing balls and, and shutting people down, but you, you might not have that same... I mean, look at what he did at Celtic Park, you know, like those two goals at Celtic Park. That's a, that, that's a guy 
full of confidence, full of, you know, um, I can do anything I want. You know, yeah. I've got 60,000 people behind me and I know that if I do something in this game, it's going to impact on that atmosphere and, and I'm directly responsible for that. Whereas in a game like Sunday... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, you, you would barely, yeah, I suppose you would hear the Celtic fans when it's when, when a goal scored because uh, it would be completely silent. But I don't know, I, I think it would be very intimidating for someone that's not used to that atmosphere. Whereas on the flip side of that, Jack Amakis completely embraced it and was like it was like a warrior, you know. You know, the, you see him squaring up to Ryan Jack and stuff like that. You love that. You love to see that. You love to know that there's players in your side that don't want to get beat. It's that's what we've always wanted to see in a Celtic team is guys that will just headbutt a wall and you know and and you know I mean I'm not saying actually headbutt a wall, but you know metaphorically. Speaking. I think some of them probably would <laughs> for Ange Speaking of headbutting I, I did a, a, guy, a guy came up to say alright on Sunday in, uh, in the Kerrydale suite and I did, as he approached me he, kind of, he didn't he, there was no smiles it was kind of like a or that and I went oh no here we go I'm going to get I thought I actually thought he was going to stick the head in there or something like that because I'm on Axom and I'm part of the Axom cult and oh you know we're all an embarrassment and everything else but uh, this the, the, the this sort of questionable look on his face and turned to a smile and he said all right and his name's Tony from Pollock. Said he's a big fan of everything that Brilliant. you know you and uh, we all do. So I mean, not that we do much, we just sit and talk about Celtic. It's not as if we're you know reinventing the wheel or anything like that. So, but it was nice to get someone to, to say all right. So hi Tony from Pollock. Uh, Great. No, but you're right because I, I've seen mentioned. They're not real Celtic fans. Well, what are we then? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for Ibrox on Sunday, there was only seven hundred. And uh, ah. uh, somebody uh, gave me a somebody dug me out for not going to any games last season. Honestly, yeah. Twitter, oh. Twitter's insane at times. Um, Paddy Lavery, who joins us on a regular basis, welcome back, Paddy. Does it say anything about Scott Bain's aspirations as a goalie that he seems quite comfortable playing second fiddle to Joe Hart? We've had that in the past. We've had a goalkeeper yeah. who. Zaluska comes to mind. Um, for a long time, they're, they're the, they play second fiddle. For many, many years, you know, let's be honest, John, John Fallon played a lot of games for Celtic, 250 games plus. But, you know, for a long time, John, he's, he's playing second fiddle to Ronnie Simpson. And, you know, you need that dependable, reliable second choice when it comes to a goalie. Um, because, you know, going back to the Joe Hart thing, he's a one player. I mean, we've managed without Kyogo. We've managed for spells without Jota. Um, you know, there's been players who you think are we've managed without McGregor at certain spells this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but one player I don't think you could do without at the moment is Joe Hart. 
is Scott Bain, I mean, the game I spoke about against St Mirren, and, and in fact against St Johnston, Hart was out for those two games, so can we manage without him? I would rather not, you know, I would rather not manage without him. But sometimes you need that goalie that, that almost takes one for the team, if you like, and, and they're quite happy to be playing second fiddle. Um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not as if he's going to be on uh, rubbish money, is it? I mean, he's going to, <laughs> he's going to be living a, a fairly decent life, I would have thought, you know, I mean, it just depends on his ambitions. It depends on how much he values playing first team football because he's obviously not getting at Celtic, but he's living a he's living a good life. He's part of a good uh, dressing room under a good manager. He knows that he'll be called upon if, if asked. I, 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 it's, it's not really for me. I would I would want to be playing football, but and I'm I'm not a professional footballer, so I can't possibly say. For certain, that would be my mindset. I might, I might be cool with just picking up however many thousand pound a week and going to training and having a laugh with what seems like a, a good dressing room and a good, good. Yeah, bunch of guys. happy at your work, JP. You know, yeah. it's massive. Eh? I mean, you can't yeah. buy that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I think you're right. And again, you know, goalies generally have about five years, unless you're Buffon, who just plays in forever. But you generally have about five years more because you're not getting the same kind of, you know, um, amount of impact, uh, tackles, etc. that that mm. players are uh, outfield. Some great points coming in, so keep them coming. Paul wouldn't make a raft of changes, but he would make some substitutions uh, around 50 minutes. So get the game won first. And Magnet also... Um, is of the view that you know St Johnson won't be easy. We're not counting our chickens. They'll be fighting for their lives. We need to be focused. I think when it comes to Ange Postecoglou, there's no doubt in my mind that um, he will always have that that level of focus. Anyway, uh, JP, a lot of people talking about the interest that inevitably will happen around Ange Postecoglou. Um, not something for discussion, I'm sure, at the moment between the club and Ange, but you would hope that we could get a longer-term deal. We did that with Brendan Rodgers, didn't we? He came in for a season, then we gave him a... Was that a three- or a four-year deal after that, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I don't really... With, with that long-term deal, is that just in terms of protecting ourselves? Are you pre- potentially, yeah. Protecting ourselves against compensation, that's it. It's, mm. if, if somebody wants to go, it doesn't matter if they're under a three- or a four-year deal, They'll go look at Rogers. You know, Rogers made that decision and was out the door like a thief in the night and gone. And I'm not going to still, you know, lambast him, but I mean, I will lambast him because he left us high and dry, you know, and and it it, it wasn't the way that he should have left. No. Just as I'm sure the same way that there's a lot of Rangers fans will be like, well, Gerard did the same to us, you know, because I don't think any of them could pop. Could possibly believe it when they saw him standing there with an Aston Villa shirt, you know, paraded as a, as the Aston Villa manager. They were, it was beyond their comprehension, just as it was beyond ours to see Rogers walking around, you know, uh, with a tailor fitted suit with the, the Leicester crest on it. Yeah, I've got a good story about the Gerard one, though. I don't know if I've shared this, JP. Right, so I'm driving into the studio. It was the day that Gerard went to Villa, right? So I'm driving into the studio, and um, this worky's van on the, my left-hand side, because the bypass, it's, it's, everybody's going to their work, obviously, and this guy, and he's rolled the window down, I'm thinking, like yourself, I'm going to get abuse, right? Mm. So I'm looking over, and I'm looking over, but he's giving me the thumbs up, so I was like, all right, must be a Celtic fan, right? Mm-hmm. So I put the uh, the window down, and he was like, Axom, and he's giving me the thumbs up, I'm saying, hi, Axom. He says, I'm a Rangers fan, I think, I think your show's great, it's really balanced. I'm going, wow, 
interesting. I says, what's going to happen with Gerard? Ah, he's gone nowhere, up with the window and away he went. And I came, <laughs> in stu- came into the studio, man, and then it breaks on Sky Sports. And I just yeah. thought about that poor guy on his yeah. way to his work, ruined his day. Plenty of them. There's plenty of them and there's plenty of them for us as well. So, I don't know. If Postacoglu wants to be here for a while, he'll be here for a while, regardless of a contract. I just... The chatting man city, I mean... I, I, I don't want to swear, but they can definitely... You do want The uh, thing yeah. is, again, it's one of these things. We spoke about sensationalised headlines, right? I mean, how much weight is in that story? Is that someone just putting two and two together and coming up with a story for clicks, you know? Probably, yeah. I mean, like, well, just, there was no direct quotes attributed to anybody at Manchester City. There was just, he is admired within Manchester City and he has some supporters or whatever. I'm sure that's probably true because there's probably people that he knows personally because of the City group that work there or, you know, whoever. I don't think that necessarily equals... I mean, Man City, there's no way Man City are going to appoint or look to appoint Manchester Postacoglu. Whoever Man City go after next will be the next the next Guardiola or the next, you know, kind of Klopp or something like that. Some guy that's like been highlighted as being like the best guy going. I, I, I don't know who that will be. Guardiola doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon, so um, they're not in a rush, but, uh, you know, the amount of money they've got the, the, you know, to be shopping at Celtic, it doesn't seem all, it doesn't seem realistic to me. You know, that's no disrespect to us or our club or anything like that, but it's just they're, they're operating at a completely different level. Well, you, you've seen what what is the, the the big question is what is the entry level if you manage Celtic or Rangers? Well, we've seen it because Brennan Rodgers and, and Stephen Gerrard is that entry level into the English game. So yeah. you're not going to go to you know the top six clubs who are generally you know, regarded as a top six. I agree with you, JP, and it's no disrespectful to our club. It's just there are certain players or managers that clubs will go for. There are others that need to go elsewhere within that league before making the step up, and it's as simple as that. It would be, it would be absolute shock news throughout the world if Man City came and appointed a post if they left us and went to Man City. Because whether I like it or not, Man City are now one of the, you know, not they're not one of the biggest clubs in the world because of what they've done they're, 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 it's because of the structure they've put, put in place and the money that's been spent mm-hmm. you know on the, on the first team uh, it's, it, they're backed by billionaires of course they're going to if, if, if they've got a good plan in place of course it's going to, uh, there's, going to it's, there's going to yield rewards at some point and, and it has done the idea of them winning the Champions League still absolutely horrifies me I, I, I think I think it's it's a sad, sad day for football if that happens, but uh, the, the inevitability of it is is becoming more and more real because, you know, look at Bayern Munich last night getting beat one off, one off at Villarreal. You know, Man City are so, they seem so strong, they're just battering sides, you know. Yeah. But the idea... Of, Pep wants it as well, that's his ambition, isn't it? You know, oh, so. 100%, I but I mean, like, but, but the idea of Postacogra going there would send shockwaves to world football because like, yeah. it would be so ridiculous it would be so remarkable um, so yeah the point I made yesterday JP and I'd be interested to know your thoughts on this we've got a guy in charge who and I know this is kind of cliched but he gets what the club is about and the reason he gets what the club a big reason is the fact that you know, you've just got to look at his background so he's a Greek immigrant going to Australia he's spoken about it passionately um, he plays for a Greek 
football club in Australia called South Melbourne Hellas that's made up of the Greek community and the, the Greek fans, etc. You know, so he knows what it's like when it comes to being oppressed and having to flee your country. And then obviously that community aspect of being with your own. So he gets the, the whole heritage and the roots of Celtic Football Club. He, you know, there's no denying that. So we've got that, which is a massive tick in the box for Celtic supporters, and, and rightly so. He's got the ability, quite clearly he's got the ability, but he's also a visionary in the way that he wants to play football and build football teams. And I sometimes look at that and think, well, I'm not happy just to have him as a manager for three or four years, because that's all we've ever done. I made the point yesterday to Colin, and then the manager goes, you get another guy in, different views, different, you know, vision. And, you know, it correlates with a conversation I had with uh, an Axon listener this morning on Twitter who mentioned the fact that because we're winning, we're no longer looking at anything that might be wrong within the boardroom, etc. And, by the way, I accept that that happens. Because if you're winning football games, GP, a lot of people don't look behind the curtain to see what's going wrong behind the scenes. That, you know, But I would say this season we've, we've gone pretty uh, studs up on the Bernard Higgins supposed appointment I think uh, we were very critical of the board when it came to the ticket situation with Ibrox now we should stand up to that um, I think also we spoke very strongly about agreeing to play Rangers um, in Sydney and this whole old firm furore that, that surrounded that so I don't think we've ignored it we have not ignored anything that the board are doing wrong but what I think would be tremendous as if there was a longer kind of view and a longer plan for Ange because he ticks all of those boxes and you know could he then mentor the next gaffer coming in you know that whole thing I think is a more long term plan than just having a gaffer who comes in makes an incredible impact but three or four years later he's away and I don't know if the club are that ambitious or, or, or perhaps Ange's ambition is he'll go back and win the World Cup for Australia or, or who knows what his ambitions are Well I think uh, with regards to like our opinions or attitude towards the board, the one thing that I repeatedly said was everybody should be doing their job. Everybody should be, uh, you know, high, their, their positions should be, you know, properly um, highlighted. And there's not, you know, somebody wandering into another office and saying, "Oh, we need to do this instead," or "You, you can't do that." The responsibility. From what I can see and from what we all can see is that Ange Postacoglu is, is in charge of football afternoon, uh, is in charge of football affairs and it's his call on players that we sign. It's his call on whether or not he wanted Kennedy and Strachan. It, it, it's all on him and that's all we wanted because if you're given that responsibility to somebody and they're actually good at it, then you know, we're, we're on to a winner. You know, it's a different case, Kettle of Fish, if they were given all that responsibility to him and he was making mistakes, because then the blame then lies at them for employing him. But we've got to give credit to them for employing him in the first place and then backing him financially as well. They've given him probably, I mean, you've not heard him or seen him say, you know, anything along the lines of that, you know, there's always been like barbed comments from previous managers where they've alluded to the fact that they're not being backed or, you know, we, we should have done this instead of what we, we what we did and that wasn't a mad decision, you know. The whole, uh, I've got a million wingers, Pattern, that that will always haunt me with regards to Rodgers because you're just like, we had a really, really good manager in place and we, 
we, I was going to say we, we annoyed him um, <laughs> instead of what I was going to say there family show and all that um, but yeah we, we did and you know would you want to annoy Ange, Ange Postecoglou probably not so therefore let's you know let's back him and they have and you know whether that's weak uh, whether that's weak uh, leadership from Michael Nicholson or strong leadership either way it's working because mm. if, it, if he's just being like oh no no you just do what you want you know like I'll just sit here and crunch numbers if that is what's happening, then fine. But if it is also the case that he is really, you know, I mean, Michael Nicholson will see Ange Postecoglou behind the scenes a lot more than us, so he'll see the way he deals with signings and players and uh, and identifying uh, targets and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I'm I'm happy that that's the case. But yeah, you're right to say that there has been other things that we've we've called them out on. This season, it's not all been happy clapping just because we're winning football games in the pitch. Mm. There's been protests this season, you know, actual protests. And during a 32 game unbeaten run, there's been there's been protests against the board, mm. you know, like, just the same way as there was a protest outside the ground, albeit fairly minimal after the Ross County Cup game, which we're constantly reminded about with, you know, fences as sharks and all the rest of it. You know, it's it's that that that's that's flung about at us. So you know, and then and then they they go and copy the whole tennis ball thing, which they slagged us about. Uh, I, I, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely is. Now you've been talking about Man City. There's going to be a link to that sport in Lisbon jersey over your shoulder. Jungle Ooh. Lion has spotted it. There is a link. You mentioned Man City, and uh, yesterday, in actual fact, by the way. Get yourself, shameless plug, get yourself on that YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel because there's a fantastic interview coming up. I think it was about two and a half hours long with a photographer called Richard Davis. Now, Richard Davis's name may not be familiar to you, but the subjects that he has photographed will be. So he was there to photograph things like Madchester. He was outside the court in 1990 when the Roses were at court for uh, throwing paint at their ex-record company boss's house. Um, he was at Spike Island. Um, there's great pictures of him at Ellen Road photographing the Mondays. Uh, then he moves into the football. So if he's not a Man United fan, but he followed Man United over to Rotterdam for the 92 European Cup Winners' Cup final. Oh, Pretty sure Mark Hughes scored that night. And uh, there were great images. And he's got, but he's all about the culture. So he's not taking pictures of the players. He wants to take pictures of the fans outside the ground. And you're getting naff, naff jerseys showing up and cutting hairdos. And it's brilliant. Oh, Chippy Jeans, Joe Bloggs, yeah, British Knights trainers, the whole works. So he captured the whole Manchester thing, uh, Manchester United. Um, he went over to Berlin, got the Berlin Wall, you know, absolutely brilliant. Hume, um, housing estates, brilliant photography. Uh, but there's some great images in Man City fans, like brilliant images, JP, in the 1980s, before the Premier League came in. And he was explaining that they were the club that all the cool cats used to support. He says, no, nobody cool supported Man United. It was Man City. And he was running through that kind of thing. So how can I link that to Sport in Lisbon? Well, on the 20th of October 1993, Celtic played Sport in Lisbon. And it was in the UEFA Cup at home. And we beat them one nothing. Who scored? But ex-Man City player Jerry Craney, JP. So there's your linkage. And that was one of the games that was managed by Frank Connor. Of course, uh, the unbeaten Celtic manager who managed the club in between 
Um, who did they manage the club in? Between Liam Brady and Lou McCarry. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, I'm going to run through the team here. First of all, there's a couple of names in the Sport and Lisbon team that you might recognise. Young guy, Figo, came on as a sub, 72 minutes. Um, Cadetti up front for Sport and Lisbon. Celtic team, Bonner, Grant, Gillespie, Mowbray, Boyd, Byrne, McGinley, McStay, Collins, Craney and Nicholas. Brian O'Neill came on as a sub, seven minutes to go for Paul Byrne. Memories. I think I'm at home game, you know. I, I, I we wore our away kit. We wore our away kit at home. Yeah, I've got, I've got a feeling I may have been there because I, <clears throat> I was going to games on the, the Backgate CSC um, uh, from the Westport at that point. I'm definitely pretty sure I was at that. I remember the away game as well when Cadetti scored um, and being really excited when we were linked with him, you know, a, a couple of years later because you had that memory of seeing him score. Because mm-hmm. I was just saying to you before we came on here, you didn't, you didn't really see footage of other players. Um, in Europe at that point much because there was no really old but there was no internet and there was you know you couldn't aye uh, and you couldn't you couldn't see these players uh, score goals and highlights reels and all that sort of stuff so the fact that you had that memory and you're like yeah. oh I remember that goal he scored against us or two goals he scored against us and uh, you just you just remember the celebration and all that and there was something so exotic about getting a player Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, that wasn't from Scotland. You know, and, 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 I mean, when we got Pierre Van Huydonk, it was, it was like, it was like we were signing the Mario or something like that. You know, it was like a proper, you know, proper sort of big, big deal. You know, and it was a big paid, deal. Yeah, paid like one point something million for him or something like that, and then he scores in his debut against Hearts at, at Hamden, and because that was the Hamden season, wasn't it? It was. I flicked the ball over Levine's head. Yeah, one uh, each. Aye, so things like that. You know, back then those those players. But I, I got that sport in Lisbon talk when I was in Lisbon. Uh, Four years ago, and I went into a sports shop in the middle of town and found one. Wasn't it cheap? <laughs> they, they, they didn't do uh, cheap football tops in Lisbon, funnily enough. So, uh, but I wanted to get a souvenir, and uh, it's a pretty cool top. So, no, yeah. it is. It is a cool top, and I remember that cadet uh, situation because Bobby Robson was in charge of sport in Lisbon back then. A manager who I would have loved to have seen at Celtic Park at some point. Chris Fraser points out, God bless Frank Connor, who only recently passed away. Um, I had the great pleasure of meeting Frank when I was doing the Neely Mocking book. And I interviewed him in actual fact, and the interview's never been transcribed or heard or any of that kind of stuff. So I think what we will do at some point is we will transcribe that interview and put it out there. Uh, How dare you do something as heinous as interview 
a former Celtic uh, manager, you know, to document something like that and and have it on record for people to read years down the line. How dare you do that? I mean, it's such a brazen thing to do. And you're just a, a disgusting human being for doing it, and I can't wait. In fact, I'm, that's it, I'm, done. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I keep getting reminded of these things on online, but um, again, an actual fact, and this is another shameless plug. We unearthed another interview I did 15 years ago. 15 years ago on a handheld Panasonic camcorder, but I interviewed Bonehead at Oasis. It's a 37-minute interview, and we now have the footage. It's only taken me 15 years to get around to doing it. Uh, <laughs> But our videographer has got to get that on the channel as well. So it's not just Celtic. You'll get loads of music. Uh, JP and I obviously speak a wee bit about music from time to time. Uh, but look out for the Richard Davis interview. It was tremendous. It was sensational, actually, because the whole thing around the culture um, at that time, it wasn't just one element. It was football, terrace culture. It was music. It was fashion. It was art, film, the whole shebang. JP and I think that um, you know football fans come together with all of these things. It's not just what's happening on the park. And I always felt a real affinity to Celtic supporters, fellow Celtic supporters, because of that. Because you could talk about bands that you, you know, and then you then you find out that Bobby Gillespie's a Celtic fan, and Norman Blake's a Celtic fan, and Shane McGowan, and yeah. it goes on and on. You were at the gig last night, weren't you? I Simple minds. How were they after all these years? I mean, imagine calling it the 40 years of hits tour. Eh? I know. Shame on them for, for uh, having 40 years for, of hits. For highlighting the fact that they've got 40 years of hits and uh, and they played the majority of them last night and there was a lot of them that they didn't play as well, you know, but they uh, they were absolutely amazing and uh, they played, played Belfast Child, which I don't think I've ever seen. I think I've seen them twice before last night. I can't remember if they played that before, but... Um, you know, you had the usual stick from Jim Kerr talking about, you know, it was like there was a place that we used to play just uh, over the water there, uh, the, the Mars Bar, and there was like cheers. And I was like, so we're going to play this tonight for anybody that uh, remembers us playing the Mars Bar. And, uh, you know, he was having jokes about him and Charlie Virtual being from the, the scheme. And hmm. it was like, you know, but Charlie was in the flats in the scheme. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, it's all stick. I mean, it's it's true. It's not as if it's not as if that's not the story. You know, you know the exactly. story. It's amazing you know, that forty years later they're filling the hydro mm-hmm. and people are still singing their songs and like you hear like "Don't You Forget About Me" and "Alive and Kicking" and stuff like that. I mean, it, that, that, he said last night on stages like there's people travelled round from round the world to come to this specific show. They could have seen us in the cities that they live mm-hmm. in, but they come tonight and travel to see us playing in Glasgow because it was so great, you know, and the crowd were loud, really, really loud, and uh, I enjoyed it. Jim Kerr was involved in one of the most bizarre kind of celebrity stories I've ever, ever, ever going to likely to to tell. And what happened was, um, I've I've been a fan of Simple Minds for many, many years, and I loved the fact that they smashed it in the 80s and had big American hits and all that kind of stuff. And fair play to Stephen Keatons, who emailed us this morning, sent sent us a few pictures. He was the competition winner. He went to the the gig last night. I hope you enjoyed it, Stephen. Um, And we had gone, you know the Brazen Head, I think it is, across the road, and you've got the recording studio called, uh, that's where Go Radio records. And it's... um, Gorbals Sound. It's in the Gorbals. Gorbals Sound. 
and we had gone in there to record a Celtic State of Mind before we were in this studio. So we used to go to the Tollbooth in Stirling. And on this occasion, we decided to go to Gorbo Sound and we had various guests coming in. We had Joe Miller from Not The View. He was in. Uh, Bula Vogue came in and done a session. Uh, a couple of other people. Uh, and it was a really, really good day. We'd done four different guests. We were in there most of the day. Uh, interestingly enough, the, the the gent who actually managed the studio was Paul Quinn, a teenage fan club, big oh, Celtic yeah. fan. So we're all finished and we're getting set up and we're away out to the motor and we, we get out the front door and there's Jim Kerr and he just drives in because they were in there practising mm-hmm. like for, for gigs back then. And he just drives in, he jumps out. Paul introduces Jim to us and he goes, what's it you do? I ask him, all right, yeah, I, I know about you guys. I was like, you need to come on the show, Jim. He goes, yeah, I think we will someday. So if you're watching, Jim, that's about time you did, mate. Someday, sometime, summertime, that's the, that's the song, isn't it? Ah, exactly. Yeah, great. I mean, did he not get involved in, it was trying to, uh, there was a consortium Aye. led by Jim Kerr at one point to try and buy Celtic? Yeah, absolutely. I remember the press conference. Huh? Him and Doug Leash. Him and Doug Leash. And um, I'm trying to remember who else was behind it because, of course, at the time of the takeover you had two different consortiums you had the Jerry Weisfield consortium and you had Fergus mm-hmm. and this was actually after I think we won the league so we won the league in 98 under Fergus McCann yeah. and there was all this furore about you know, the fact he wasn't spending money and all this stuff mm-hmm. and then this consortium popped up they were the two figureheads I don't know who the money men were behind it but um, I had a feeling at the time it might have been Jerry Weisfield I'm sure Jim Kerr's shot him a few bob, like considering forty years of hits, mate. Forty years of hits. I mean, they were they, like I, I remember hearing the story from uh, from Bruce Finlay, who who was the manager at that time, uh, who's quite active on Twitter and stuff. And I've met Bruce a few times. I've chats with him. He's a great, great guy. Um, actually, would be a good guest. Just putting it out You're there. Welcome on, Bruce. Uh, uh, hips fan, but you know, other than that, uh, great guy and. Uh, Jim Kerr, I think, uh, was there, they were doing Live Aid in uh, Philadelphia and uh, Jim Kerr went to the toilet uh, before they went on stage and, and came back into the dressing room absolutely buzzing because he'd taken uh, a waz next to Jack Nicholson in, in the urinals, right, in, or the, the toilets. And he came back and he was like, oh, Jack Nicholson was standing next to me and Bruce Finley knew at that point that Jack Nicholson was introducing Simple Minds on stage. So he didn't say anything and he left it till they were side of stage and Jack Nicholson walks up next to the band with his shades on. It's Jack Nicholson. And then walks on and introduces uh, Simple Minds and Jim Kerr's, I think Jim Kerr's mind just blew apart at that point because he was like, here's me, a wee guy for the streets of Tory Glen and you know, Hollywood superstars introduced there. He's, he, he actually cited that as being the, the moment he thought oh, we've, we've made, made it. it. Yeah, which is, which is cool. Yeah. It's sensational, isn't it? Mm-hmm. JP, could talk for hours. Could talk for absolute hours. Um, brilliant. Is it time for the return of Real Bad at the start of Loving Against St. Johnson? I, I can't yeah. stop the show without talking about the headline. We just no, keep digressing. Oh, we should probably mention that. I, I, I would, I wouldn't be adverse to uh, Abada coming back in. I mean, it's just he's, he's proved he can he can contribute and score goals and everything else. And you know, he's he's a first team player, and that's the thing. These guys that that are, are we're talking about bringing in, they're they're proven first team players. Mm-hmm. They're not guys that are just on the periphery or anything like that. You know, nobody would have any qualms with 
would have had a coming in if it meant resting, you know, Maeda or, you know, putting Jota back in the left and resting Maeda for, for the following week. You know, you see, the, you see Maeda and Jackie Marcus, I think it was at the end of the game, they yeah. fell to the ground, you know, because they did so much. And, and no wonder, I because they, they, they'd ran about the two of them. I mean, if if somebody can design their own their own heat maps just for them, I'm sure it would look absolutely ridiculous, you know, if you saw a graphic of that. So, um, you know, Abada coming back in would probably make sense to me. And I don't think, I think Forrest's, you know, there's been no chat of him coming back or training or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's not as if he's there to, to sort of be ahead of him or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it, would, it, would, it, would be, it would be absolutely fine. I don't think that's been disrespectful to the fixture or to the to the opposition or anything like that. It's, it's you know, you're bringing in a guy that's started a lot of games this season for Celtic, which is, mm. he hasn't, but that doesn't mean to say that we don't trust him, you know. I mean, he's, 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 he's stats, I said months ago, let's see whose stats are the best out of Ryan Ken and Jota and Abada and look at the stats. The stats are there because Ryan Ken. I don't, I don't think uh, they're all saying it now as well. They don't think he's that great, you know. And why is his why is his stats not as good? You know, he scored what two goals, mm. you know, however many like not that many assists. And that's one of the reasons why they're in the position they're in is because they're, they're so-called big players haven't come up with the the goods. So you know, I mean, the the, the stats on the stats on Abada for a guy at twenty years old in his first season at Celtic are. are frankly ridiculous so they're, they're brilliant yeah but going back to what you mentioned about the heat map I did see someone doing a graphic and it was just basically the, the outline of a goat and you know you online on Twitter all the positivity and all the crack and all the good stuff definitely outweighs all the nonsense and negativity JP because you know you every so often like that thing with you know what's his name Dufresne Dufresne and Shawshank and he's walking about the yard dropping all the pebbles at his, his trousers and people are saying that's like Joe Hart with a glass and the goal mouth mm. brilliant I love it I love the crack keep it coming keep yeah. it coming thanks everybody for getting involved I know that uh, we digress from time to time but that's what Thursday's all about with JP and I thanks everybody for uh, your support and if you can get subscribing on the channel loads to look forward to uh, once again thank you to JP Mason for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details It's the Marketer's Report. 
This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.